it's all about arts in recovery and artists in recovery and how can how do we use and our, that that tool of creative the creative process to transform our lives as recovering people so that's that's what came to me and then i knew i wanted to go out and interview artists Hi, this is singer-songwriter Elizabeth Edwards. Welcome to Giving Voice to Recovery, a place we share ideas and experience for the purpose of inspiring you on your recovery journey. If you would like to support my channel, please subscribe and share with anyone and everyone you think will appreciate it. If you'd like to support my efforts more formally, please join me at Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes below. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay, Adriana, thank you so much for joining me today. I've been looking forward to this um, this whole time that we're going to spend together because I've gotten to know you and you have so much um, to really share. So I'm going to just start this off like I always do with all of my guests on Giving Voice to Recovery. I love to start with hope, and that is would you share just your pivot point of when you went from active addiction to that moment of clarity to recovery? What was that like for you? I love to have people start from that because that's the thing we all have in common in recovery is that we at some point get to that place. So can you share that with us? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I love that too, that that moment of awakening or that moment of clarity that, that I, that I had. And it was, I had just moved actually, I think it was about a year. I had been living. I grew up in Midwest East coast and I moved to San Francisco where I'm currently living. And I had been here about nine months to a year and about seven years into my addiction at that time mostly for me, it was alcohol. And I was living in the mission district and kind of out of my depth in general. I moved here and I felt out of my depth. I was excited though. I was exhilarated by being on the West coast, but my addiction really just, it, it sort of reached new heights. And some of it was you know, the people I was spending time with and et cetera. But funnily enough, I ended up moving into this place with one person who was sober, everybody else was actively drinking. And, but this one person was sober and it started, it was this piece of, Oh, hmm, this is different. Like there's something different here. I had never been around somebody who was actively working towards recovery, you know, actively in and working towards recovery. So that, that started the seed and I kind of planted a seed. And then the pivot point for me really happened. I was, it was the Rodney King riot. So there was a very specific event that happened. So down in Los Angeles, the, this whole thing was just 
one of the, to me, one of the first memories I have of, of violence from the police um, around, you know, just, just race issues and all that stuff. It really blew up. And I remember so vividly that was happening. It was affecting us here in San Francisco and we had a curfew. So people weren't supposed to go out and I had been drinking and, you know, cavalier at my young age of 20. So I was 23 at the time. And I was like, whatever, it's a curfew. Who cares? I'm going to, I got to go home and I'm getting, I went on my bike to drive home and I was a little wobbly and I got to the door and I was trying to get in, but I was drunk. So I couldn't find my keys. And I ended up getting assaulted actually, because mm-hmm. there was some violence that came, came down, came up. Um, and by these two men that just grabbed me and, and started beating, I had punched in the face. I can't even remember anything beyond that. And they stole my bike and I started screaming bloody murder. I mean, I just started screaming and, and I was screaming because my roommate at the time that was sober, I started screaming to him. And funny enough, his name was Lord. He had changed his name to Lord. He was a very eccentric guy. So I started screaming, Lord, help me, Lord, help me over and over again. And Lord was not home, physically not home, but I I might've intimidated them to to let me go. And I thought I was going to die. I literally thought I was going to die. And I and I had been through situations through my drinking that were very sketchy and uncomfortable, and I was putting myself in danger, and I knew it. But this was a moment where it just felt like a, a real, I had this clarity. And it was a long recovery after that because it put me in a very stressed yeah. state. I definitely had some post-traumatic stress, and but it prompted me to go to therapy in part because people saw I was suffering and also because I wasn't able to drink and have the same effect. I was drinking and felt worse. It was not helping me lift out of the experience of what I had gone through. So it was a real crisis point. And after, so therapy was in many ways and this whole incident that woke me up, helped me to finally get to the point where I said, I have a drinking problem. And I need help. And then I I started my, I really started in a very concentrated way, working a recovery program. Wow. I love that story. I, I often say about my own story and I can hear it in yours. Sometimes it felt like the worst, my worst day turned out to be my best day because it was the day that I was able to take things that were really seemed so horrible to something that actually shifted the whole direction of your life. Yes. yes, that's really powerful. Thank you for that. I always like to focus on that because I never know who's going to watch this. Probably a lot of people who are already in recovery, but and may be interested in the arts and the different things that we're going to talk about, about your work, which I'm so excited about. But I also know that at some point, maybe this will reach somebody who's right at that unconscious level uneasy and knowing that things have to change, but they just need that bit of hope. I I believe recovery takes some pain and some hope at the same time. And that's when we have that opportunity for that awareness, because without the hope, it's, 
it seems like it's easier just to stay where you are and what your story represents. And that the reason I asked the question is because there is absolutely an amazing and beautiful life on the other side. And you're such a great example of that. And I can't wait to hear about your work. That's how we met was through creative work. So what inspired you? Tell, tell us about what you do. I know, but I want everybody else to hear about what you do. What brought you to your work? What inspires you about your work? And more specifically, if you can talk about the current project that you are are so um, enthusiastic about getting out there. You've done such a beautiful job with Creative High. I want to hear all about it. So I'm an expressive arts therapist and, and I'm a somatic movement therapist. And so those terms may be unfamiliar to some people, but it's basically I use creativity as a form of healing, personal expression, growth. And I also do creativity coaching. So I help people to just find their creative voice and become more enlivened through, through the arts process. And I'm very much focused on working with people in recovery, people struggling with different kinds of addictions, people with trauma, people with grief. So I've, because of my own story and many of the different things I've gone through, uh, I've channeled those for me, I've used the things that I've gone through as personal fuel towards creative expression. And that's been a big part of my recovery journey and my recovery healing. So it just felt like this natural and very um, just aligned thing to do. It's like, well, this is working for me. So how can I support others doing the same? And so I went to, you know, about four years into my recovery, I went back to school because I, I actually graduated from art school. And, and so that was my first, my first jaunt into, you know, education was uh, in college was art school, photography and mixed media. And so I was an artist before I came into recovery. And that's, that's also a big part of my journey is like finding my identity as an artist in recovery. And, and so Four years into recovery, then I, I started doing this arts therapy training where I learned through dancing and visual art and creative writing and performance how to, to find healing, learned all these methods. And it was very exciting. And then I went and got my master's in psychology. So, and after that, started developing my own work of practicing with one-on-one -on -one with people and doing groups and I did recovery retreats. So it's been over 20 years now that I have been on this path of supporting people through, through the creative lens. And yeah, it's, 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 um, I mean, like anything, it's taken a ton of work and a lot of dedication, but it's so, it's just, it's, it's me, you know, it's essentially me. And that also led me to, I mean, I've been doing creative projects in different ways throughout my life. But it led me to starting to do film, creating film. Um, that was, it's been, I guess it's been about, God, is it 13 years? Something like that. So, so it took me a while to get to film, which actually I wanted to do when I was in college. Like I started dabbling into film and didn't really actualize that until like I said, you know, about 10, 15, 10, 13 years ago. And that led to two films. And the most latest is The Creative High, as you mentioned. 
Yeah. And I, I totally, I, I just saw it with you in San Francisco, which was lovely. And thank you so much for inviting me to that. That was, that was a, a beautiful experience because I'd seen pieces of it as it, as you were putting it together and it come over and, and, and sang at one of your events and did as you were raising money and the enthusiasm that you gathered in your community to help support that film. I want to hear all about that, but I want to backtrack just a little bit on something you said that I think is really important. And that is, it's a conversation that I've had with a lot of creative people. I was a songwriter before I ever had a problem with addiction. And like you, I got clean and sober young and, but I kind of was like almost afraid either that I couldn't, do it anymore because I wasn't using drugs and alcohol. And there, there was part of me that, and there was a part of me that didn't trust myself to even go there. And so I kind of just tried to move on and find some other creative expression. But what happened is I came back to it. It came back to me because it was so authentically part of who I was. And I I think it took seven years for me to actually kind of really get back to that. And like, like you, I was young, I was working on a bachelor's degree at that time. Um, so it, it's interesting how what you like what you were saying is those those the essence of who we really are as creative people actually gets better in recovery. And it's it's actually I, you've said something before. It's really the 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 source. Sometimes our addiction and and the 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 fodder of that becomes this great fuel for our work. And I've seen that in how you tell the story in Creative High, tell other people, help them tell their story. So so tell us about that particular project, because I think it's just such a powerful um, demonstration of your work, but also really the story of creative people in recovery. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I love how everything you just said, Elizabeth, and, and how you articulated it. So it just, it's so resonates with me. It's so clear. And I, so what I, I want to go back for a minute, because I was, as I was telling you my, my pivot of how I came into recovery and had those moments of, of awakening, really, I mean, to me, recovery is an awakening process that I had been working at this photography gallery here in San Francisco, well, actually volunteering. So I was just trying to get my life together and everything was pretty chaotic when I, you know, cause I was really at the height of my addiction at the time, but I was volunteering at this photography gallery and, and I went there right after I had been that night that I had been assaulted and I had this black eye because <laughs> there was an event and I was still there for the event. And they're like, what are you doing here? You don't look good. You look like maybe you need to go home. But I had these people in the creative community that actually looked out for me. And I had so much, I had a lot of creative community that was actually not looking out for me, that, you know, people that were also in, you know, really in their own addictions, really struggling in their own ways. And, and, but when I finally got here and, and landed in recovery and knew, I always feared, like, how am I going to, like, do art if I wasn't drinking because it was so connected for me that I was working at a bar um, and I was the art curator right before I got sober and I'd help them open the bar and that bar was just I would go I would get into all sorts of 
It's just messy for me. But I still was like, well, I still need to go back to the bar and do this, you know, because I'm the curator. And it was very confusing because it felt like it was taking away that identity, not only as a artist, but an artist who was a who was a drinker, an artist who was a part of the scene. You you know? remind, you're reminding me of something that that I I literally thought because I live near the Napa Valley, right? I thought I was a wine connoisseur with bad taste in men. That's really how I saw myself. <laughs> I live here. I live here now at the time I lived in Chico, but I really believed that. Yeah. So it's like, it sounds like a nice bar that had beautiful art on the wall, which I know in the Bay area, there's actually, I think probably in a lot of places there are those kind of bars. So, you know, it's easy to lie to ourselves when that's going on, but yeah, I mean, it was a real art's a real draw for you. So yeah, you felt, but it's not a safe place, right? No. No, and it was it was as a hipster bar. It was sort of hips at sure. the time. It felt a little hipster, a little bit of a dive bar, a little bit of a hipster bar. It's still there. Oh, would it's have been cool. would have been my kind of place. <laughs> yeah, it was a great place. It was yeah, <laughs> and and again, you know, I, it was the edge. Like I, I needed to have that edge, and I never had any idea I had I had issues with drinking or addiction. I had no idea. Everyone around me did, but I didn't know that I did. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that is so common? I I I I can totally relate to that. Yeah, I just didn't have the framework, and it was different than than it is now. Mm -hmm. There's so much in the general field, and you know, in the news, and you hear so much about recovery and addiction, but it wasn't like that. So I didn't, you know, just didn't have the orientation to it, and so when I so part of I mean, again, going to come back to the film, but when I started in recovery, I had to be so normal. I felt like I had to be so normal and ordinary. I even started dressing differently. I had a friend who's like, what are you? You're, she was such a creative person. And we would go into thrift shops together. And all of a sudden I was wearing plaid <laughs> lip flops or something. I just, it was like, I couldn't, I, I had to be really ordinary. And that was grounding for me. I, I was, I needed it. But then I also I also knew that if I didn't have that that creative edge to 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 support me, that I was going to lose something really integral about who I was. Mm -hmm. And so getting back to art and having to reframe it. So it was really at the beginning was art therapy. I was doing art as a therapy. I wasn't doing it for the public eye. I wasn't exhibiting my photographs. I wasn't um, going to galleries. It was just very personal. And so finding that, finding my own way and my own journey and really not having a lot of role models. There wasn't, to me, I didn't see any other creative people. We didn't have those discussions. And I feel like now we can, we do, there's discussions about this. We're doing it today. There's podcasts about it. Um, So when I, I, my first film was about grief and the arts, and that's a whole other story because I had gone through some very deep grief of losing my husband, who was also in recovery um, to lung cancer. And then my father died very suddenly and that was um, that was over 15 years ago when that happened. And so I used art to support me through mm-hmm. my grief. And a lot of it was poetry and tango dance. And that all culminated into this decision to do a piece, a performance around my grief, which led to uh, 
a film that a short film that I created around using art to move through grief. And so I, I entered back into my art life in a very different way at that time where I was producing something, not just in kind of the process of making art as a more healing practice. Um, and, and then that film was became somewhat successful and I brought it out to film festivals and uh, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed that being, uh, you know, just doing something very, very creative and being around creative people and filmmakers. And so a while after that, I was working with a coach who said, you know, what's your next film? You have to make another film. And I never thought about it necessarily. I just thought I made this one film. And so he really pushed me and, and it was very clear that the topic would have to be something that I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it just all clicked. Like, of course, it's all about arts in recovery and artists in recovery. And how can, how do we use and our, that, that tool of creative, the creative process to transform our lives as recovering people. So that's, that's what came to me. And then I knew I wanted to go out and interview artists. Mm-hmm. And so the, the creative high is nine different artists that I ended up following and, and there was more than that, but that's what we honed it down to. Yeah. <laughs> nine is a lot, but we had more. Um, and, and to really tell their stories and, and I talked to them about their recovery, their challenges, their traumas, and, and also their accomplishments and the beauty of finding the arts as a transformative tool for, for recovery. I loved the style. I actually, my degree, my bachelor's degree is in broadcasting and film. And I was always interested in more in the film side of things. It's funny because I'm in the broadcasting side now doing kind of this video thing, but I, I've always loved film as a medium, but I love documentary and I love slice of life. And there was that, that cinema verte um, feel to your film following that artist all the way through and talking about their recovery journey as they are also finding their way back and and using that creative process. It was wonderful. I was particularly um, happy for, I was happy for all of them, of course, but there was one I think at at one point had had slipped from, from their recovery journey, which, you know, you, you left that in there. And I thought that was really an important message that recovery is, can be elusive for some people. It it really can be. And and I hope someday we figure out why. Um, But we do know that there are recovery solutions, some help more than others, but I do think creativity and I love the way you you say this, I'm saying probably 10 things in one sentence. So let me stop with one idea here. I do that. I think really fast. And then I'm like saying three things at once. So let me, the first point I, I guess I wanted to make was, um, I love how you honored the truth of the story because that's real. That's real. And I, I love that. Um, because I think we really do root for people in our lives. And I could really relate to that. And creative people, I think are highly sensitive, 
probably a little, I think the price of being a highly creative person is to be a highly sensitive person and being highly sensitive is not always easy in an insensitive world. So we have to find those ways of coping with that when we're not using substance. So I think we see that. I mean, I, I certainly have seen it in the music industry where people, you know, it's like almost famous for the amount of people we lose. Um, it's heartbreaking, really. Some of the most talented people in the world have been lost to the disease of, of chronic addiction, right? Chronic behavioral health disorder, whatever you want to call it. Um, the other thing I loved was the success, the successes of the, of the subjects, the having the sculpture at the De Young in San Francisco. Wow. You know, and he was so humble. He was just like, wow, look at this. And it was amazing, amazing work. And then the photographer, they all were wonderful, but it was just so brilliant. And it was modest and it was, it was also very inspiring and it was also very real. So there was this reality and this accomplishment on all these levels together. So it was just, it's just a beautiful film. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to put in the notes of the show exactly how people can find it and how they can reach you. But before we do that, um, yeah, purpose. I love to talk about our purpose that we find in our recoveries. My, my journey is very similar. Um, I think that's why I like your story so much was because I could relate to it personally so much. Um, just all the stuff we go through to get out of our own way, to become useful to that creative force that comes through us as artists and find out that, wow, I'm actually way more available to it clean and sober than I am when I was out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I always like to, there's, there's a reason I ask the questions that I ask. One is I want to give the hope. The second is I love to talk about people's purpose, especially in creative work. And then the third, the third thing I really like to focus on, and as you know, I'm pretty involved in some advocacy work around recovery. And I believe that there are still a lot of people who don't clearly understand what recovery looks like because it's it's kind of invisible. Addiction is not invisible. It's super visible and it's really negative for the most part. People look at it and go highly destructive, highly problematic, not a great path. Why can't they see what they're doing? All the all the stuff that goes with it. And yet recovery is this really personal journey, but as a group of people in the world which there are many of us, we're not seen because we fit in, which is a beautiful thing. So the question I have for you is, what do you want people to know about recovery? Well, let me, let me speak through it to, through the lens of, of the creative highest also. Yes. And, and just say, first of all, the stories, like you were talking about the stories we decided, of course, because it's a film that's going to be out there in the world, that they would be public. I mean, the people had to agree they were going to be a part of the film, that their stories would be public. 
Mm-hmm. And that they would be sharing that and people would know that they, you know, they're living this life of recovery. And so that to me was important because I already was, I was already was very public about, I've been public about my recovery for a long time, just sharing it in the way of just showing people like, yes, this is important to me. This is part of the work that I do. And, and also translates to how can we support people to see how it is to make art in recovery, how it is to hopefully people see like that I'm thriving in recovery, you know, all that. And, and making the film, and I, I want to acknowledge my team too, who most of my team, my film team that we, you know, we work together very closely and they're also in recovery. And so having that experience of having people behind the scenes in recovery and then people in front of the screen in recovery, uh, and my and the producer Diane Griffin. I just want to name her because she was my film collaborator, and so vital to so many of the choices that make makes the film successful. Because she is a is is has been making films for over twenty five years, and was really emphasized and helped me to bring together that we wanted to show the creativity, but we also wanted to show the real life stories and the pain that people went through to get here, that it is a process of moving through pain and and working through a lot that has kept us down, that we have to fight through uh, to get to a place of freedom and recovery, you know? And and so um, going through all of that, sort of circling through all of that to say that recovery, part of what it means to me is it's, it's a new, it was a new chance, it was a new life and it's, and again, it's like I said before, it's an awakening process that I continue to wake up and see what life really is. And, and part of that is life can be a struggle, that we have the ups and downs and that I'm not, in many ways, I was always seeking like the good feeling or seeking the high when mm-hmm. I was drinking. I was trying to I was always trying to get outside of myself, externally try to fix myself. And so recovery for me is really about facing like this is real. Life is really, it's it's not easy and I have to show up for it and, and deal with grief and deal with physical stuff that happens with me or breakdown in friendships or not getting the job or not getting into the film festival that I want. Um, But it also, the waking up process is being so present to the beauty that's around me, to being in my own body and feeling pleasure and um, connecting and learning and growing. And so that I, every year, and I feel like every decade, because now it's been 31 years that I, I get to wake up more and more to what life has to offer. And I don't think that I realized that I, I thought I was, you know, just, I was just getting through life the best I could, but I was so, I was always in my head. I was always running some kind of story and often some false narrative about who I was or what the world was. And, and so there's, to me, recovery is this incredible opportunity to really live life, to get nourished by life. And, and we have to work it. Like we really have to work it to get the gift of it because there is so much to, there's so much trauma we come in with. I had a lot that I had to work through 
to, and it took a long time to finally really open up in the way that I can now to, to life as it is. And was all that work you've done worth it? Absolutely. <laughs> That's the, and I, I love that you said that. You, you said another thing I, I want to comment on because I can so relate to this. When I was using and drinking and in that delusional state of, like what you said, trying to fix the inside by grabbing everything out here, just trying to fix this. Um, when you start living in your present body and, and living from the inside out, there's a huge transition and it is a, absolutely a process. And then we get to a point where we're actually capable of collaborating with other human beings to create amazing things beyond what we could create by ourselves. To me, that's next level creativity, right? My best work has come from working with some of the most talented uh, producers and songwriters and and musicians and learning from people. And I could never have done that had I not had a recovery because I was so wounded inside, I couldn't allow anybody else in because that would make me even less and smaller. So I don't know if anyone can relate to that, but it is a huge shift. And when we can collaborate with other really talented, smart, experienced people and put together those ideas, that's when like real service, that's that that same feeling that we get in the rooms of I'm part of something. And I think that's such a beautiful um, message um, and common thread between recovery and the arts. So I just want to thank you so much. I, I just love watching what you're doing. I love being an observer of your creative success and exploration and a friend. So thank you so much for, for joining me and sharing your experience today. And I, I just, before I let you go, I do want to ask you, how can people find out about Creative High and how can people reach you if they were to want to reach out to you? Yeah. So you can find the film at thecreativehigh.com and everything's there. We have all of our, our events page up there. We have our resource page. You can watch the trailer there. You can get in touch with us. And also we are actively booking screenings too. So we're doing, we, we have some, some really wonderful things coming up at different recovery centers, treatment centers. We're going to be in the UK. Uh, and it, it's, we love sharing the film also with recovery audience, audiences, but also just with the general public. So people, you know, we, we really, even though as you and I both know, right, that we love the, this niche that people can relate from a recovery perspective, but these are human stories and we've gotten so much feedback that in general, just people, they resonate, they feel a connection to the human experience. So yeah, so that's the best way is just go to the creativehigh.com. We're also on Facebook and on Instagram and uh, that's- I'll, that's I'll put all your, your links in, in the show notes so that people can reach out to you. Um, and yeah, we, um, I think from being people in recovery, we can relate on one level, but everybody knows somebody who probably is in recovery. And I think it will add new understanding. And I, that's one of the main reasons I do this, this work is to really hope 
hopefully broaden the understanding and educate on a level where people can can grow and learn and see us be able to actually see what what recovery actually does look like. So thank you again. Just such a pleasure. And um, I know I'll see you again soon at some point first yes. in the next few months. So Definitely. thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. It's such a pleasure. It's such a pleasure to know you and, and for all the inspiration you've also offered to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Take care. Thanks. If you would like to support my channel, please subscribe and share with anyone and everyone you think will appreciate it. If you'd like to support my efforts more formally, please join me at Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes below. Thank you. Thank you for loving me. Your acceptance without judging me. Thank you. You changed my life.